Welcome to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. I'm so happy to have you here with me again. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet, so you don't miss any of our conversations. Today, I'm happy to have with me Diana Galaraga. She is a business intelligence analyst at an interdealer brokerage company. Welcome, Diana. Hi, Ronke. Thank you for having me. So nice of you to give us our, your time. Diana, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I am from Spain and I am currently living in London. Mm -hmm. um, I work as a business intelligence analyst for an interdealer brokerage company. Um, outside of my work, hob my hobbies include traveling and learning more about different cultures. Um, I'm, I'm, I consider myself a very adventurous person. Um, so I like traveling and doing things out of the normal. So I have been shark cage diving in Australia and I have also been skydiving twice on Cairns and in Uluru, on top of Uluru. So that was like an amazing experience. Um, if I'm not traveling, I like to spend time with my friends and family or it just exploring all the hidden gems that London has to offer. Mm -hmm. Wow, uh, skydiving, shark diving. <laughs> yeah, I like, like to do things outside rush. of the normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Diana, um, if you're an adventurous person, is that something that reflects in your job? I have a very vague idea what a business analyst does, and I have a even less uh, idea what an internet brokerage is. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I feel like being adventurous really goes along really well with my day-to-day -day job. So as a business intelligence analyst, I am in charge of analyzing data, mm -hmm. leveraging data and transforming it it mm -hmm. into meaningful insights that can help drive business um, value. Mm -hmm. So my day-to-day -day activities range based on the different tasks that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So it can go from cleaning raw trade data. So I work a lot with trade data. That's what an interdealer brokerage company do, does. Um, they trade different types of um, assets, commodities, um, FX. Mm -hmm. So my day-to-day -day job can range from cleaning raw trade data and use it to analyze requests that we get from different clients mm -hmm. um, to, in, to, um, to investigating different requests we get from lines of businesses, or attending any regulatory requests we get on data. So data is really um, our true source of um, business value that we get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, that data is the new oil kind of. So um, I think uh, working with data is really, really interesting, but I'm still having um, a bit of a trouble grasping what, what it looks like because you say, okay, you clean raw data. What does, what does that mean? Um, so data can come in any type of form. So if you open an Excel spreadsheet and you get um, 
you just get lots of data, but it's raw. You don't know what it's telling you. Mm-hmm. You just get numbers or letters. Um, so what I do is transform and by the using by using visualization tools, I look at that data and try and find patterns or maybe um if a desk is trading a lot on Wednesdays we can find that by the data like which days we trade the most mm-hmm. um maybe which employee is doing the most trades as well within the company so there's a lot of the uh, insights that we can get by looking at the data and manipulating it cleaning it in case there is um data is not matching because there is a um space within the data so it's just about cleaning the data playing with the data see what you can get from it what insights you can get and then try and create dashboards that can reflect what the data is showing us mm-hmm. and then we can provide that to the senior um, managing directors who can make decisions based on the data we're providing okay. so I feel like my day-to-day job is very you don't know what's coming for you every day is something different so I think that's what keeps it exciting I don't know what's coming the next day. I could be investigating an issue that a desk in Australia has come across, or I could be um, creating a dashboard that could reflect a new insight that I've found based on um, transforming the data. Um, so I would say that, yeah, being adventurous is linked to this because um, I have to think outside the box and be very spontaneous on how what I how I could make the most out of the data that I currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I enjoyed about about my job and technology. Yeah. So you said um, you look at data and you can maybe find patterns and and see um, kind of understand what the data is telling you. That sounds like something that is. Um, like a talent I, I'm not sure but uh, I think where I'm going with that question is uh, did you always enjoy working with data did you always you know like investigating and, and is that something that you you knew you would want to uh, turn into a job later uh, not really so it's interesting because I didn't study any STEM subjects at university uh, so I moved to the UK when I was 15 years old with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke very little English, only the in- basic English that you learned in school abroad. Um, and then I just moved straight to Sheffield, which is at the north of England. And they have a completely different accent. So moving when I was 15 um, with the English I knew and then just listening to people speak with like different got a completely different accent it was like a challenge on itself for me and then um just sitting my high school exams and then um going into a levels and then university um I had no idea what I wanted to do um with my life I just wanted to finish high school and then that would be a problem that I would think about in the future so I feel like a lot of um teenagers would um understand what I mean and Mm -hmm. uh, how it felt but 
back then. But then I studied politics and international relations at university. Mm-hmm. Um, I did politics at high school and it's a subject that I really enjoyed. So I decided to study that at university. And then when I was at university, one of the modules I had to do was to use a statistical software for research. And I noticed that I really enjoyed using statistics and working on computers, working with data. So I decided to join my university, did an eight-week Python training. Mm -hmm. So it was an great initiative I think because all the computer science students would teach the rest of the university on how to code Python so I did that training and I that's how I started getting more and more into tech Mm -hmm. and then after graduating from university I realized that although I enjoyed politics it's not something I would see myself doing like doing a lot of research Um, as a career so I joined a consultancy company that I found on an open day for technology I just decided to attend an open day for technology that my university um, arranged and I applied went through the interview process all the assessment centers and all the um, stages that you have to do when you apply for a graduate scheme And I got the job and I did an eight-week training as a business analyst. It was a hybrid course. It was a graduate scheme for a business analyst and project management officer. Uh, So after completing the training and getting my certifications for a business analyst and project management, Mm -hmm. I got outsourced into um, uh, one of their clients. The first client I worked for was in the public sector on migration and deployment of um, devices. Mm -hmm. So that was across the UK. Um, Each week was in a different location, working with different people on the team. So I feel like working in technology has always been very exciting for me. Um, And I don't regret um, changing careers and I also am very thankful for, ha- for having the opportunity to, despite not um, studying a STEM subject at university, mm-hmm. I still have the opportunity to learn and build a career within technology. Yeah. Um, so after finishing that contract, I went on to work for a leading banking institution where I worked on um projects in artificial intelligence and machine learning so i learned a lot about ethics in ai and the different tools that you can use the different types of machine learning that there are so it was a very enjoyable experience as well and then i moved on to working on the current company that i am working on now with um trade data mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm just enjoying what I'm done, what I've done, and I hope to inspire other young women and to let them know that um, if you don't have to study technology at university in order to get a career within tech, as long as you have a passion for it and you're interested in learning more about technology, you can mm-hmm. still um, go for it.
and get a career within technology. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, what I'm thinking is uh, your journey is so interesting. I mean, it seems that you got to where you are by chance, basically, because, um, and that is what I'm actually where my question is going. Um, do you feel that you would have needed more guidance to understand in high school that there is, you know, that there are jobs like, for example, being a business analyst, or did you, did you even have any idea that something like that existed? No, that's a good point. I feel like there's not enough support when you're in high school to that lets you see the different opportunities you have and different career sectors that you can go into. Um, so for me, before applying to this graduate job, I had no idea what a business analyst was. Yeah. I just, I remember I went online and I searched for a business analyst. I was like, what is that? And it was interesting because a business analyst is the person who has the business knowledge. Like you don't have to have a technolo technological knowledge, but that's what's needed in technology. You need a person who understands tech, but at the same time can de deliver the findings to um, stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So you need that uh, communication skills, presentation skills, um, logical skills. So you need all of those skills to be the middle person who can help um, transform, um, understand more what the developers mean when they work mm -hmm. with data. You touched on a very, very important point here, I feel, because I, when, when, you know, when we tell people we work in technology, they have this picture in their head of what that means. And it has very little to do with what is really uh, required. And as you just said, I feel it's getting more and more important to have people who are, you know, in, in uh, the middle between, you know, the, the um, subject matter um, expertise and the technology. You need people who understand both and who can also communicate on, to both sides, to the business and to the technology. So yes, I think um, that is a very, very, very important point. And that's something we would like young women to understand who are now not interested in technology because they think it's just sitting there and coding, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I also feel like when I was in high school as well, and I thought of like doing a STEM subject, I always got this idea of like very geeky people always coding in front of the laptops like not leaving the rooms just playing video games yeah. but it's actually completely different like there's so many different roles that you can do within tech even if you don't know how to code and um, so there's a lot of opportunity and like I said it's just never boring there's always something new to learn and technology is always advancing so it's a place where you're never going to be stuck not knowing what to do. There is always something new to learn, something new to do, or any volunteering that you want to do, help other people based, like analyzing data. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely something um, interesting to look at if you haven't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's never boring. And you also uh, talked a little bit about how communicative the whole job is, how you get to work with different people all the time, or in the first job where you move from location to location, and we're always working with new teams. So it's not stop being stuck in a room. It's, you know, talking to people, communicating. And that's also one of the reasons I think a lot of women are good at this, because, you know, they, they have very good verbal skills and they know how to talk to to people 
So um, I think one of the obstacles in your life, you know, getting to where you are now was, um, you know, coming to a new country with at 15, having to learn a completely different language, adjusting to a different culture. But um, what else did you encounter on your journey as problematic or maybe even as supportive? I um yeah so definitely moving to a new country not knowing the language was the main one mm -hmm. but I feel like you have to be very resilient and get on with the challenge mm -hmm. like I, I I never just didn't know what didn't know what to do and just started like I just isolated myself I never did that I always like fought for it and even though it was a challenge like you have to overcome it that's it that's life um, so I feel like that was a big challenge. And then after finishing my high school as well, thinking about what I wanted to do at university. And I feel like that was another challenge because I didn't have enough guidance on what careers were out there. I just did it based on what I studied at high school. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, exploring different areas and being an open person, talking to people, networking, that also helps a lot to finding out um, what other people are doing, what jobs are out there. You just have to always be interested on what's going on. Yeah, very good point. Networking is so important to understand, you know, all these things we don't have in our immediate vicinity because we grow up with in a certain family, in a certain culture. And we might not have any insight into what else is out there. So talking to new people can be such a, a great way to experience new opportunities. Yeah, so I'm definitely. wondering, because you talked about resiliency. Sorry, I just interrupted. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, talking about resiliency, you said it, it's always important. But how did you learn re resiliency? Were you always resilient? Is that something your parents uh, taught you or is it something they were role models for yeah no I feel like my parents they've always encouraged me to like if you fall just stand up like mm -hmm. that's the best you can do you can't just if you stay there crying like nothing is gonna get fixed like you have to take action okay. if you want to like do something just go and get it nobody's gonna come and knock on your door that's what my dad always says. He's always like, well, if you want something, go and get it. <laughs> go and work hard for it because hard work is always going to give you rewards. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I always have in mind when with like every task. And also I think it's very important that every opportunity that comes to your way, even if you're not 100% sure, go for it mm -hmm. because you've, you will learn so much from it. And just going for it, you're going to gain so much experience from it and you're going to develop yourself career-wise and in your personal life as well. So I feel like that's um, also something to always bear in mind, like say yes and then worry about it later. <laughs> but take on that challenge or opportunity or wherever it comes your way, just say yes and do it. Yes, I totally agree. Um, I was wondering, because you mentioned networking, which is such an important point, you know, just having, you know, this group of people that is connected mm. to you that you can talk to about things that are happening in your life. And I was wondering, are you part of any women in tech organization? Is that something that helped you? Or do you have women within the company you're working uh, for that you network with? 
Yeah, no, so I feel like I have been very lucky with the companies that I've worked on because they all have um, women in technology and women networks groups, and they tend to organize um, talk events like um, with guest speakers that come and motivate you, or they have like coffee mornings where you go and talk to mm-hmm. other women that work within the organization. It's not just for women, but also to allies who agree with um, empowering women in the workplace. Um, so I feel like all the organizations have always try to empower women and they always bring brilliant guest speakers to talk about their challenges and I feel like that is always like an inspiration to have see how other women have also gone through like very similar situation as you have Mm -hmm. and they have overcome it and they've reached like they have reached really high senior positions within their careers and it's just an inspiration that you have so if they've done it you could definitely do it like you shouldn't put yourself a barrier um because of like your background or your ethnicity or your language or whatever mm-hmm. um if some one person has done it then why couldn't you do it as well yeah and I think that is so valid. If you see it, you know, you can do it. So if you see yourself in someone, you can do it. And that is also one of the reasons I'm so happy that you are here, because I think what you're doing is exactly that. You are showing other women that they can do it. And you are sharing your journey and your obstacles and how you went about building your career, which is so important because I feel that there can't be enough female role models out there who work in tech and, and show what we can actually achieve. So um, wrapping up our conversation, I mean, you already said so many useful things and (laughs) gave so many advices, but is there one last, you know, like recommendation or motto or whatever you would like to share with us? Yeah, so I would just want to highlight that to never give up. Like if you want something, just work for it. Like reach out to people in LinkedIn, ask as many questions as possible. Like what's the worst that can happen? Like they're just not going to reply to you or say no, that's it. (laughs) But at least you can say, um, like I've done it rather than like, oh, I wish I did it. Or like, what if I did this? Like I'd rather be like, oh, well, then what if? Mm-hmm. And so I would say, like, never give up. Always say yes to any challenges or opportunities and then worry about it later. That is going to bring the best out of you. And you don't know what you could do on the pressure, like, with a new challenge. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, just work hard for it. And then my, I would say my favorite quote is that if the whole world was blind, who would you impress? Like, don't think about your physical appearance or, like, don't put yourself that as a challenge or anything. Like, if you want something done, just imagine that the whole world was blind. Like, they just have to um, they have to make a judgment based on your knowledge and what you can bring to the team or the, or the company or society. So, yeah, I feel like those are, like, my highlights. Mm-hmm. That, that is very beautiful. I mean, think about who you would impress if the whole world was blind because we're often so preoccupied with um, how we present ourselves instead of thinking mm-hmm. of what we're giving to the world. Definitely. Thank you for that. So Diana, thank you for joining me and thank you for giving me your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. 
Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for organizing all of these podcasts. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Bye.